Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. What's up, Thriver? Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is part two of Adulting 101. It's a panel of young adults keeping it real and talking about adulting specifically in this episode as it relates to mental health, finances, and relationships. But please stay tuned to the end as I want to reveal next week's special guest. I'm super excited. But now let's jump back into the conversation. As adults that we all are, uh, one thing we must do is really take responsibility for our mental health as um, suicide and depression. Um, There's no respect of person, no respect of age. So, uh, I mean, starting with, with you, Brooke, what are some things you do for your mental health slash what do you do for self-care? Yeah, I think something that's important is to recognize that God created us as whole beings, right? So we can't com- compartmentalize like, oh, this is the emotional part of me that's the spiritual part of me this is the physical and mental you know like all of them interplay together and one affects the other affects the other affects the other um but man it's so basic for me like i was talking about earlier how i realized that i need to do certain things to be in a healthier place overall especially i think during covid where I'm working from home. I'm not seeing my coworkers. Um, and it's just, it's hard. But for me, and this isn't like biblical, you don't have to have your time with Jesus at 5 a.m., which I don't. But like the first thing that needs to happen for me is to have my time with the Lord before, particularly right now, there's so much noise. There is so much noise from. Mm -hmm. every part of the world and social media and the news and whatever. And I, it's, it was so easy for me to wake up and be like, okay, what's the latest update on COVID? What's happening today? Um, what, you know, what phase are we in or whatever? And that got me in a really bad place, you know, for that to be the first thing that I was waking up to. And so I just realized like, I can't, I really, for me, I can't put it off till the afternoon or the evening and it happens, but, um, I think I'm at my best when that's the first thing, uh, that I'm doing that day. Another thing is just being outside, just being outside and getting some sun time. Um, and then two, like just eating healthier and, uh, exercising, Like I am not a fitness fanatic. I don't wake up just dying to work out. But uh, my sister is a great encouragement and we will literally FaceTime and work out together and she'll like lead me through whatever. And it's great motivation and accountability. And like literally right now, I'm just like, all right, just three times a week. If I can just work out three times a week, that's enough. And it's great. And so those are just like a few... I realize those are like the most basic things ever, but, and then two, I think making intentional efforts to connect with my people, Mm -hmm. whether it is through technology or whether we're sitting outside in a park and social distance or like whatever you're able to do right now, you can't, uh, uh, under 
or overemphasize, you can't overemphasize the need for community. And so those are my things right now in ways that I'm caring for myself and just my, my walk with the Lord and being in a good place, especially during COVID. Yeah, Brooke, uh, she literally took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> but yeah, everything that she said is on point and just want to echo again to our listeners. It is so important, so important to be connected to the Lord through this, this time. Um, I mean, always, but I think just in the midst of uncertainty, when you don't know what to do and when you feel like you don't have anything with the Lord, you have everything, you know? Um, so, yeah. And then one of the other things, um, just for me, this works for me personally, when I know that I'm feeling some sort of way or, you know, anxiousness or anxiety starts creeping in, um, like I mentioned before, because I've been through it, um, uh, I recognize like the signs that my body or my mind will start telling me like, hey, you know, this, I, you know, signs of, of me getting anxiety or just anxious thoughts. Um, I just want to verbalize and say, make sure you have people to talk to you know it is so important that um as soon as that thought starts creeping in like you just immediately start you have your prayer words you have your friends to just talk about and say hey i'm feeling this sort of way you know and obviously um that's just the beauty of community you know you have people in your life that will just be able to redirect you and and you know give you encouragement through those times um so it's just so important to verbalize what you're feeling um to those that your friends and those that you trust don't keep it inside because if you keep it inside it'll all accumulate and mm. yeah um and as far as self-care um see uh You'd have to pay me a lot to work out, but <laughs> I mean, I know it's good for you and healthy for you. And I mean, I love going on walks, but <laughs> maybe, uh, Brooke, you can uh, link me to your trainer. But for me, uh, this might sound basic too, but <laughs> for me, it's just as simple as like, I don't know, like I want to go get my nails done, you know? <laughs> or, I uh, knew that was coming. I don't know how I just knew. <laughs> Ben and Paul, I'm so sorry, but I know girls, y'all can relate to this. Uh, just as simple as getting my nails done or doing a face mask, you know, or <laughs> I don't know, something simple like that, that just makes you feel good, you know? Yeah. Jam Is that what time. you were going to say, Ben? I knew. Go oh, get your nails done? No, Did I, I sent my that? wife. <laughs> I actually sent my wife to go get her nails done. So there you go. Um, Aw. Like every three weeks, uh, I look at her nails that are that have been done, and then I think it's a three week time, like they come <laughs> off or whatever. And like I'm like, all right, babe, you gotta go get your nails done at some point. <laughs> so uh, pulled out. She, uh, she in the best way. That. Yeah. So she likes to get her nails done. So um, so that's fun. Um, man, like jam time is is what I call my, my time with God is Jesus and me. So jam, J A M. Um, and then for me personally, it's also jab time, Jesus and Ben. Um, and God's word just jabbing right through my heart. sometimes. So it's corny, but whatever. I don't care. My kids are listening. <laughs> um, it's just, 
jam time is super important. Like first thing that I do every morning, uh, whether I wake up at six or eight, it doesn't matter. Um, spending time with God, reading a couple of verses and, and praying through those verses and praying through uh, my life and people's lives that like, you know, sometimes they, they text randomly and say, Hey, can you pray for me? And, and I sometimes say, yeah, I'll pray for you, but I forget. And so instead I just write it down and, and look it up the next morning when I'm in my prayer time and jam time. And I make sure that we pray for them. It might not be immediate sometimes, but I get to them that morning. And that's so important for me to have um for my spiritual and mental health also i don't know if i'm the only one that i can say i can i can say this but when i do have my time with god i'm way more productive during the day i'm way more efficient in the way that i work i'm way more responsible in the things that i do and and there's this um presence that it you you it, you show when you, when you're in meetings, staff meetings or whatever, like it's it it's inevitable, right? Um, and I've seen that difference firsthand. It's like, man, coffee and jam time is is what gets me through my uh, mornings, uh, and then for my uh, physical health. And, and and yes, Brooke, we can't separate all like they're they're all like one part because we were made that way. Um, and, and for my physical stuff, like I haven't worked out in God knows like eight months and, and COVID hit and we've been eating a lot more right now and cooking a lot more. And so it's definitely taken a a toll on being healthy per se, but then also there's a blessing to that because we have a house now where we have a pool. We have a house now where I live in a subdivision. I can actually go run or walk around with my dog. And, and it's just, there's things that I can do. And, and the joy of even that is when I do walk around with my dog, I can pray for my community. When I swim in the pool, I can pray for people that are going to be coming and enjoying that pool. Um, and, and it's just that keeps both my physical and the mental uh, health in terms of COVID and in terms of community. Um, and and I'm, I'm just thankful that even though in the public eye, things are closed and it's almost impossible to be active, God had provided something in our own lives in some way or form so that we could take care of ourselves. Another thing that I, um, I'm a big believer of is incentives, man. You work hard, you do what you're supposed to do. Um, sometimes you have to reward yourself. And that's what Francis like, was talking about. Like, go get your nails done. That's a reward for working hard. That's your reward for being responsible and adulting like some you have to take care of yourself sometimes you have to reward yourself give yourself an incentive for for doing what you're what you were supposed to do the whole time and and that's that's 
what I do sometimes. So when I go to the store, if I want, like right now, I'm int- I've been introduced to Jordans, which is a bad idea because I, I've never owned a pair of Jordans. And now I want a pair of Jordans. And I'm just finding a reason to give myself that incentive. So constantly appreciating not only the people around you, we, because in, in as ministers, we get to do that. We appreciate the people around us. But also appreciating your own self sometimes. Look in the mirror and say, man, good job. Pat yourself in the back and say, you go buy yourself that Jordan's or go, go get your, go, you and your spouse, go eat at a fancy restaurant today. Like take a day off, like it, give yourself an incentive. Uh, that helps with your mental, emotional, spiritual, and also your physical health um, in a lot of ways. So, As you guys can tell, like self-care is a huge part of adulting and that's your responsibility. Self-care is also personal, as you can see, like the range of different things that people uh, mentioned and what works for us may or may not work for you, but be intentional with your mental health. And just a few quick things that I do that I'm starting to do now is going to bed earlier. I'm just like, all right, Lord, I did the best that I could with this day. Um, it's a certain time, so I'm just going to go to bed and trust in you. Um, that has been helpful. Um, I go to my pastor slash counselor on a monthly basis, and mm-hmm. I'm glad we brought this up because I need a set appointment um, with Eduardo. Shout out to Eduardo. Appreciate you, brother. And also, and this is something I just kind of stumbled up on like a couple of days ago as I was talking with some of our students and young adults, but one of the things that helps me, helps my mental health and as a form of self-care is walking in purpose. My friends, when after I preach a sermon and yes, on Zoom, after I preach a sermon or do ministry to college students and young adults on our Zoom Bible studies, or even after I record a podcast, I just feel so alive and it fills my bucket. And so I just want to encourage you like to walk in your purpose, do that thing that God has been calling you to do so you can experience that sense of satisfaction, experience that sense of fulfillment. And that is good for you mentally and for your self-care. And so um, switching gears a, a little bit, as, a, as you can see that adulting has so many components to it and we won't get them all, but we want to give you as much as we can in the last two segments that we have. But I'm going to start with you, Francis, as we're going to talk money real quick, money, money, money. What's the best financial advice that you have to share? Uh, <laughs> save, 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 saving. Uh, yeah, just save in general. Um, it's so easy. Like, you know, how we were talking about one of the joys of adulting is getting like, um, that adult paycheck, you know, that big girl paycheck, big boy paycheck, you know? Um, but also if you you don't have discipline with your money, it's so easy to spend all of that, (laughs) Mm. you know? And so just learning how to save and learning how to, um, again, just making sure you have a savings account. And even if you start small, you know, even if you start off with $20 or $50, you know, or $10, I don't know. Um, but ultimately building that up and, um, because you never know when uncertain times may come and you may need some of that, but yeah, just saving for me is a big, a huge deal. Yeah. So with, finances and money, I would say treat, if you are going to have a credit card, 
treat it like a debit card, you know, like pay it off in real time and don't let things build up. And I think have enough self-awareness to know if you're going to be able to do that. I think, you know, if you maybe lack um, self-control or are prone to impulse buys, maybe a credit card isn't the best idea. Um, So I think just knowing yourself and setting yourself up for success in that area is huge. And then another big thing for me is, of course, uh, like tithing. And Mm -hmm. I do, I personally do like the automatic withdrawal. And so it is the first thing that comes out of my paycheck um, each month. And so, you know, I just think that's huge. It's something that was just instilled in me from my, my family. And it's something that's been carried on. And uh, so that's another thing is just setting aside, you know, whatever you can to give to the Lord first, and then saving and then just paying what needs to be paid every month. So that that's it. That's it for me. That's what I've got to, to offer. Yeah, I can't say much more than what Francis and, and Brooke said over there. And saving is is one, uh, but giving is another. Uh, and and you gotta you gotta establish that clear distinction between giving and spending. They're two different works. They're two different meanings. Um, giving, it's with an open arm, open hands, open fists. Just like you're willing to do something without expecting a return. Um, spending is you're giving something expecting that you're going to get something back for it. Um, and, and saving for our lives in a, in a, in a sense is giving ourselves something for the future. Um, and, and man, like that's the best financial. I mean, that Brooke nailed it. Credit cards, man, like treat it as a debit card because I know at one point, I mean, even, Five years ago, I mean, I'm still paying off a huge credit card debt that I was a part of. Um, I mean, I, be transparent, real people, real talk. Like, we're real talking for real here. I was in a $26,000 credit card debt five years ago. And now I'm down to two. How did we do that? So there's there's tools available. Like, you got to, you, you can't just spend on a credit card because you have a $10,000 limit on it. Like there's, there's things that you've got to establish yourself. What is income and all that? There's, there's tools that you can go in, in and that's a whole nother podcast or conversation for another day. But the essence of it is your idol is where you put your time and money in. And if I'm giving my first 10% or whatever my tithe is to my God, that sets me up for the rest of it. And so that's what we've been doing um, in our family. And that's a strong established thing. Like when we get our first, when we get our paychecks, that, that check is out for the, for the, the tithe check is out. And then the rest of it saving and then being able to give and support because I've been in a situation in New York where I was supported by different churches and, and, being able to give and 
in God blessing us to be in that position to give is a huge blessing. Um, uh, and so just give and, and save, but make sure we tithe. Like if you're, if you're involved in a local church, if you're a member of a local church, man, like there's no greater blessing than to willingly give your tithe to that church. And so do that. Yes. Thank you guys so much for sharing the kind of the positive side and whoever wanted to take a stab at this, I want to know what's the dumbest thing you've done with money. Oh, I got one. I can go quick too. So three weeks ago I bought a GMC Denali 1500, um, used for $37,000. Uh, and it was the dumbest thing that I've ever made in my life. And I had drove it back to the house. I slept. I woke up the next morning and I looked at my finances and not so much that I spent that money or I was going to spend that money, but man, I'm just putting my family at a financial risk and I can't do that. Like, what good is it to drive something that you absolutely want, but be worried about it the whole time you're driving it? Like, that's just the question that I asked myself. And I was like, Nope, I'm going to call this dealer back. Called him. I was like, can I return this please? Like I'm begging you, please. Can I return this thing? I can't do this to my family. And the dealer was gracious enough to take the truck back and got, I got out of it, but it's, that was the dumbest thing that I've ever done in my life. So there you go. I don't know that I've ever like put myself in a place where I was like compromising, uh, like paying my bills or anything like that. But I definitely, and when it comes to trips or vacations or plane tickets, uh, that is my weakness for impulse buys. Francis knows this. I like texted her this was probably two years ago now. Yeah. And I was like, yo, there's this deal uh, at this resort in Mexico. We have like 24 hours to book. Are you in? And she was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm in. And we, I mean, it was a fantastic vacation. I I probably could have put that money towards savings, but, and I have done that a few times with trips, like to go watch the Astros in LA at the world series and things like that. Yeah. Probably, you know, should have thought those things through a little more, but I didn't. And, but I have the memories of a lifetime. I'm not saying I sh- I should um, encourage that behavior, but they make for some great stories one day. So here we are now. Yeah, little things like that, Brooke. <laughs> Small, <laughs> Just a casual thing. going to LA. For the- <laughs> no big deal. Um, I already know you are all going to laugh at me and to the listeners. Just <laughs> embrace this. But um I think for me, probably one of the, I mean, I don't know, but one of the things, the thing that just came to my mind about like dumbest thing I've ever done is I don't know what I was feeling. I think I was feeling some sort of way and (laughs) I wanted a face mask, right? From Ulta. So I went to Ulta and I came out like 
like I just I, I grabbed the basket and I just started putting stuff in and I'm like I for <laughs> sure need this and one of them was like a mascara melt off like why do I need and it was like 30 bucks but why do I need that I can just take my mascara off with like something else you know but anyway I was like oh that's so cool I need that so I was just put it I spent like a good I don't know hour at Ulta and I was just putting stuff in and then I looked at my basket. I'm like, yeah, I need all of this stuff. I really do. And I went to the cashier and sure enough, it was like, kid you not, maybe like 380 something, almost $400. Wow. And I'm just Dance that kind it. of per. I know. <laughs> and I'm just that kind of person that like, is not going to say anything at the cashier. So I paid it. And so I'm driving and I'm trying to, I'm driving back home, trying to convince myself that I needed every single thing that I bought. And I was like, no, I can for sure use that mascara mouth off. <laughs> anyway, so then uh, I got home and I like unpacked all the stuff and I called my friend and I was like, hey, so I just did this and this. And she's like, you need to go back to Ulta and return all of that stuff. So I ended up doing that. <laughs> wow. Hey, no judgment zone here at all. So I answered that question in one word. Um, Buying a timeshare. That's not one word, but timeshare. <laughs> Moving on. That's a whole nother story for another day, man. Um, <laughs> listeners, as you guys can see, adulting is holistic. Um, it's interconnected. It's multifaceted. Um, and these are just conversation starters. Just want to let you know that I do plan on going to depth in the future and to, to talk about these things a little bit more. And um, the last thing that we want to talk about briefly, that we want to touch on is relationships. Because part of, part of adulting often includes relationships. So we just want to conclude this segment just with some parting, encouraging shots. And also, I talked about marriage in episode eight with my wife, and I talked about it again in episode 17 with my mom and dad, who's been married for 30 years. And so if you are married or desire to be married, I want to point you to those episodes. And in the future episode, I'm going to do bring on another panel and just talk about singleness and um, how to, to be single, saved and satisfied and just navigating that. But enough of me talking, Francis, I really want to hear from you and your perspective. Like, What encouragement would you offer to the listener right now who's single um and by single i mean not married it could be dating but they're single yes um so i think i mean like you said there's this could be a whole nother podcast but just briefly um just knowing that and i know this might sound cliche uh but y'all it is so so true like God has you in seasons and maybe right now you're, you're probably listening to this and you're like, I already heard that or okay. But like, how long is this season going to last? And I mean, if I can be brief with you, I mean, brief, honest with y'all. Um, you know, you you really don't know, like, we don't know how long our seasons are going to be. Only the Lord has that time to find, but the best thing you can do. And again, maybe, and this is one of the biggest lessons that I learned. Again, you all know me, Francis, the planner. Um, that's just it's something that Brooke was saying earlier. Like that's something that you just have to surrender. And the faster that you can surrender, the faster it'll be, I don't want to say easier for you, but you will just learn how to accept that you're in that season of singleness and not just accepting that season, but embracing it and making the most of it. Um, and I know Brooke and, and Ben can, and you, even you, Paul can speak more into this in a bit, but there is a lot of fruit and joy in singleness, you know, like pouring into yourself, taking care of yourself, learning 
who you are, you know, as a person, um, because you have to learn how to know who you are and love yourself before anyone else can ever love you. Um, and just having that, that special intimate time with the Lord, because, um, like I said, I have a lot of married friends. I have a lot of friends that are dating, uh, you know, all that. And I have also have a lot of single friends, but, um, once you're in a relationship or once you're married, it's a whole different ball game, you know, and that's stuff that social media doesn't put out. That's stuff that, you know, uh, it's not all the lovey dovey stuff that the movies talk about. Um, so, I mean, you have to literally take care or, you know, have in mind a whole nother person, you know, so it's not just all about you. So again, when you're in singleness, enjoy that embrace that and know that obviously there is like you said earlier um paul walking in purpose knowing that there's purpose in that singleness so instead of trying to rush for the next thing just sit in the moment embrace it pause it because that time will soon come and i know brooke you can probably speak more into this because she's recently engaged recently um in dating relationship so um i mean it all changes you know but I mean, just what, Brooke, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, you know, she probably didn't think that she would be in the state that she is right now. So I'm telling you guys, like, it it happens fast and it'll come when it needs to come. Um, But just embrace this season, embrace what you have right now, um, enjoy it and find the purpose in it. And I guarantee you, once you find the purpose in that, uh, you will flourish in that season. And Mm -hmm. then it's just, again, it'll come when it needs to come. Um, and obviously the Lord already knows why he has you, still has you in this season. And for me personally, I know the calling that the Lord has specifically in my life right now. And I understand the season that he has me in. Some truth there, man. Speak. Yes. Hashtag amen. Hashtag facts. Hashtag no cap. You better minister over there, Francis. <laughs> that, that is good. And Brooke, I... As I already alluded to, you have been recently engaged. So what True. words of wisdom, I know, right? What words of wisdom would you give to those that are dating and or slash waiting? Man, that is, it's so funny because like Francis said, like everything changes so dang quickly. Like I didn't even know Wilson existed in the world a year ago. Like we met in October and then dated for six months, got engaged, and we have a five-month engagement, and we'll be married in October. So from, like, start to finish, it'll be, it, won't, it won't have even been one year um, of knowing each other by the time we're married. So that's pretty wild. But, uh, man, I would say I – the Lord just has done a work in me since I first entered – the dating world, I would say like post-college, it was a big struggle for me that I should have listed that under struggles of adulting. Um, It just felt really different than dating in college. And I didn't date until my junior year of college. And I'd like, that was my first serious relationship. That was like, yeah, pretty wild. I've told my students this, so I'm not, you know, this is real, but like I literally did not have my first kiss until I was 21 everyone thought I was so weird, but like, I just knew, you know, like, because I had people speaking into me in high school that like you date to marry. And so that was what drove a lot of my decisions in dating. 
but I realized actually through seminary um, in one of my in my marriage and family counseling class, we had to do a self counseling project. And so basically, they're like, "Look, if you can't, you know, if you can't counsel yourself and do the heart work in yourself, how are you going to be able to do that with other people?" Mm. And so my topic that I chose was basically that I. I realized that what was originally driving my dating life and my heart motives was fear and perfectionism. So fear, because I think I was afraid of getting hurt. I was afraid of um, just like being transparent and honest with someone in that way. Um, And then perfectionism, I would just pick apart the guy before he even had a chance. And I realized that I would never want a guy to look at me and not give me a chance um, before even sitting down to have food together or coffee. And so because both of those things were driving my dating life, I basically just said no to so many guys that, um, maybe it like had some potential like and also realizing that you know going on a date is like stepping off of the curve and not jumping off of a cliff like you don't have to that's good dive head first you don't have to know if they're the one um on your first date like it's just dinner or it's just coffee or whatever and it took me a while to realize oh, that i think especially in like the Christian community, um, we can put this pressure on ourselves to like, you have to know, you know, you have to know if you're, he's going to be your future husband and you don't, this is a process of evaluation as Ben Stewart might say. And I just, once I wrapped my mind around those concepts, I felt the freedom to say yes to maybe people that I wouldn't have normally said yes to. And I learned to let um, my unrealistic list go. Now, not the non-negotiables, right? Like, of course, like, they need to love the Lord, you know? And they, and for me in particular, I needed someone that was going to uh, come alongside me in ministry. And um, that was a whole, a whole other thing for me um, that I didn't need them to be in ministry. Wilson is not in ministry. Like he's a pilot. Um, but he like fully supports me in what I do and loves students. And that was a big thing for me. And so I, I guess that's my encouragement to those that are in dating. Don't give up. Y'all want to know, this is so funny. Y'all know how, I don't know. Y'all probably don't know how Wilson and I met. I had just about given up on dating everyone and their mom had tried to set me up at church and I was over it. I had tried like some dating apps and I was like, Ooh, there's like too much weirdness to work through here. It's not worth it. Facebook actually came out with a dating feature. Probably most people don't know about it, but like it literally showed up in my feed and I was like, what is this? Should I give it a shot? They use your mutual friends. And I was like, that kind of makes sense. At least you can like fact check with your mutual friends. Like, Hey, is this dude legit? And anyway, Facebook dating. I was like, Oh, this is just like the rest. I'm over it. And I like turned off notifications for like three weeks it's attached to your actual Facebook app. So it wasn't like a whole other thing. And then I came back from a trip 
and I was like, oh shoot, I need to delete my profile because these guys are going to think I'm a jerk for not replying to their messages. And so I like opened it to delete it. And Wilson was the first one. And I was like, hmm, maybe I'll give it one last shot. And now we're engaged. So, you know, you just don't know Mm. how the Lord's going to work. But it has been the sweetest thing. And I feel like dating Wilson really put the joy back in dating for the first time in what felt like a long time. And so that's my encouragement to y'all that I guess are in that season of, of dating um, where it might feel like the thing is, it doesn't have to work out with everyone. You just need one, you know? And so I think that was something that was encouraging to me as well. It's like, I don't need it all to work out with all these guys on the first date. I just, just gotta be one. And so, yes. And something else that has been huge for me is allowing my community to speak into my dating life. Um, That was really sweet for Wilson and I um, to just totally have our worlds, you know, overlap and to, you know, be immersed in in his world with his family and friends. And then the same for me um, is really sweet. So there's dating. And I guess engagement as well. It's been weird. Most of our dating and engage, well, all of our engagement has been in COVID um, and long distance. So, you know, anything is possible with God. Uh, (laughs) But it's just so funny. Like I, you know, Lord willing, if we have kids one day, it's just going to be a wild story to tell them one day. Like, yeah, your dad and I, um, we met online and most of our dating and all of our engagement and our wedding will be in during a global pandemic. So there you have it. What a beautiful story. And so as you were just saying it in my mind um, from the movie, whose name I can't remember, but I think it was Dumb and Dumber. But so you're telling me there's a chance. That's right. So I just want to. <laughs> and before being a wrap us up, I just want to encourage the singles out there, man, especially for those like this. You're no longer in school. And for a lot of people, there was their goal um, to get their MRS degree or their MR degree um, and just to find mm-hmm. and it's just to find somebody. And if you didn't find the quote unquote one while you was in college, you didn't miss the boat. God has, as Francis already said, there's different seasons for everybody. But being your fellow married man like myself, man, what what advice and parting shots would you give to the young adults and really um, any adults that's, that's navigating marriage during a pandemic? Oh, my gosh. Um, all right. First of all, I just want to say, by all means, man, I'm not I'm not the end all be all. Everybody knows that. And I don't have all the answers. None of us do. Uh, on this podcast, Francis doesn't, Brooke doesn't, Paul doesn't, and, and we're we're not definitely God, and we we can't have all the answers of the, for the things that y'all are facing uh, for your listeners. But uh, this is just what worked for us and how how we do life uh, in in our context. So, um, and some might be applicable to you, some might not be, and you just got to find your own niche. But um, one of the biggest things, a couple of the biggest things that I've learned, um, in our marriage and, and one big advice that I would give is, man, take that turn, love one another, love, listen to one another, like huge. Um, 
if they if 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 there's more sense to placing another person first in a relationship, it has to start with your spouse. It can't be the other way around. You can't be treating other people outside of your home first and then come back home and be the primary. You got to treat, you got to put the other person first. So, and then one cool thing, I've never thought I'd find myself in this situation, but uh, I have, and I absolutely love it is my wife and I are in an interracial marriage. Um, And right now it's, I mean, it's the hot topic of the whole country. Um, unfortunately, but it's, it's what is, it is now. And so, um, navigating that and, and sometimes we have to, one of the best advices that I've got and that I'm willing to give is over communicate, man. Like not just if you're in an interracial, interracial marriage, but in a, in, in any marriage over communicate, like because what you think is going to come out when you say something is not necessarily the way that it's going to be perceived by another person. So we have to over-communicate. You have to say things two or three times. We have to be patient when we say those things two or three times and, and forgiving. Like that's, that's a huge thing too. Um, I've heard this, my, one of my best friends, um, we were able to host this weekend. Uh, at our house. And as a matter of fact, he's still in the living room, but we were swimming in the pool last night. And, and like, there's this concept of happy wife, happy life. Like we're talking about all that. And he come out and says, I mean, I get that, but you also got to have, I mean, you got to treat it like happy spouse, happy house. You can't just do one way. You can't just do one way. Like, I mean, your needs matter too, man. (laughs) Like, you know? Um, And so, and, and, and I just want to say that to people. It's not the generic happy wife, happy life. Yes, that is true. As much as I want to deny it, that, that is true. But I also want to say a happy spouse builds a happy house. Um, and, and make sure we do that. Um, and the last advice, um, love on each other in public, man. Like, don't stop dating your spouse. Um, real people, real talk, like real talk, like dude, like kiss your wife in public. I don't care. Kiss your spouse in public. Um, embrace that person. I mean, other things keep it PG 13, but like do what you're supposed to do in terms of affection. Don't be shy about it. Like the world needs to see godly Christians loving their spouse in a godly way. And, and that takes more than just holding hands and saying, God loves you. God loves us both. We got like, let's save the rest for the four walls. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna meet uh, the needs of other people that are looking at us as examples and, and, and stuff like that. So those are the few pieces of advice that I would give. Um, and then don't hide anything like financially, like don't hide anything, be transparent about your finances. That's one of the biggest things because finances and financial, uh, balance is one of the biggest, biggest destroyers of a marriage. 
Um, and, and if you're hiding something financially, man, you already started the process of losing, a, losing a battle. Um, and so be transparent in your finances with your spouse. And I'm so glad that you pointed out the fact that you're in an interracial um, relationship, but that's going to be one of the upcoming episodes. Got a few couples that I know that are in that and just, I mean, with, with what's going on in our world and our nation, just want to really speak to that. And um, last thing I want to say, uh, man, just whatever season that you are in, it's kind of like been a common thing, whatever season you are in, whether you're in adulting or pre-adulting, quarter-life crisis, mid-life crisis, single, dating, engaged, married, et cetera, embrace the season that you're in and enjoy it because friends like i'm i'm i am happily married but i was happily single too um Mm -hmm. if i want to go to denny's at midnight i don't have to check in i just go to denny's at midnight if i want to buy a pair of jordans i don't have to say hey we got in the budget i mean i may have to talk to myself but i can buy it (laughs) or i can play basketball five nights a week um i didn't have to share the remote and so enjoy your singleness but those that's married enjoy your your marriage like i like the fact that we have two incomes i like the fact that i always have a date i don't have to go to the movies alone anymore even though if it's a marvel movie i still do it because my wife don't like it but i digress um i have a travel partner um that can go on road trips together and um other things that you know married people get to do so there are benefits and joys to both um so i don't know about y'all but this has been so fun and um, cup or bucket filling to me. I just want to say thank mm-hmm. you so much, Ben and Brooke and Francis. Wow, what a conversation! So grateful for my dear friends, Brooke, Ben, Francis, and so grateful to you for taking time out of your day to listen. Next week, I'm having a conversation with the guy who literally wrote the book on adulting, Jonathan Pakluda, who was the former leader of The Porch, which is a ministry of Watermark Church, where they literally um, ministered to thousands of young adults on Tuesday nights with worship and the word. So you don't want to miss it as we're talking about how to find purpose, how to find God's will for your life, as well as we're going to drop some knowledge um, as it relates to dating as well. So if you're enjoying this podcast, why don't you take a screenshot and post to your social media and invite people to tune in. Now go and have a blessed and productive day. God bless. Mm -hmm.